0: Chapter 17, Part 2 of A Short Account of the History of Mathematics. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj a short account of the history of mathematics by w w rouse ball chapter seventeen leibnitz and the mathematicians of the first half of the eighteenth century part two the development of analysis on the continent leaving for a moment the english mathematicians of the first half of the eighteenth century we come to a number of continental writers who barely escape mediocrity and to whom it will be necessary to devote but few words their writings mark the steps by which analytical geometry and the differential and integral calculus were perfected and made familiar to mathematicians Nearly all of them were pupils of one or other of the two elder Bernoullis, and they were so nearly contemporaries that it is difficult to arrange them chronologically. The most eminent of them are Kramer, Degois, de Montemort, Fagno, L'Hôpital, Nicole, Perrin, Ricuti, Sarin, and Verrignan. L'Hôpital guillaume francois antoine l'hôpital marquis de saint-mesmes born at paris in sixteen sixty one and died there on february second seventeen o four was among the earliest pupils of john bernoulli who in sixteen ninety one spent some months at l'hôpital's house in paris for the purpose of teaching him the new calculus It seems strange, but it is substantially true that a knowledge of the infinitesimal calculus and the power of using it was then confined to Newton, Leibniz, and the two elder Bernoullis, and it will be noticed that they were the only mathematicians who solved the more difficult problems then proposed as challenges. There was at the time no textbook on the subject, and the credit of putting together the first treatise which explained the principles and use of the method is due to l'hôpital it was published in sixteen ninety six under the title analyse des infiniments petites this contains a partial investigation of the limiting value of the ratio of functions which for a certain value of the variable take the indeterminate form zero over zero a problem solved by john bernoulli in seventeen o four this work had a wide circulation it brought the differential notation into universal use in france and helped to make it generally known in europe a supplement containing a similar treatment of the integral calculus together with the additions of the differential calculus which had been made in the following half-century was published at paris seventeen fifty four to seventeen fifty six by l a de bourgainville l'hôpital took part in most of the challenges by leibnitz the bernoullis and other continental mathematicians of the time in particular he gave a solution of the burkistochrone and investigated the form of the solid of least resistance of which newton in the principia had stated the result he also wrote a treatise on analytical conics which was published in seventeen o seven and for nearly a century was deemed a standard work on the subject Verignon, pierre Verignon born at Caen in sixteen fifty four and died in paris on december twenty second seventeen twenty two was an intimate friend of newton Leibniz, and the bernoullis and after l'hôpital was the earliest and most powerful advocate in france of the use of the differential calculus he realized the necessity of obtaining a test for examining the convergency of series but the analytical difficulties were beyond his powers he simplified the proofs of many of the leading propositions in mechanics and in sixteen eighty seven recast the treatment of the subject basing it on the composition of forces his works were published at paris in seventeen twenty five for further details see the éloge by b de fontenelle paris seventeen sixty six de montmore pierre raymond de montmore born at paris on october twenty seventh sixteen seventy eight and died there on october seventh seventeen nineteen was interested in the subject of finite differences he determined in seventeen thirteen the sum of n terms of a finite series of the form n choose one times a plus n choose two times delta a plus n choose three times delta squared a and so on a theorem which seems to have been independently rediscovered by christian goldbach in seventeen eighteen Nicole, francois Nicole, who was born at paris on december twenty third sixteen eighty three and died there on january eighteenth seventeen fifty eight was the first to publish a systematic treatise on the finite differences Taylor had regarded the differential coefficient as the ratio of two infinitesimal differences, as the limiting value of the ratio of two finite differences, a method which is still used by many English writers, though it has been generally abandoned on the continent, and thus had been led to give a sketch of the subject in his Methodist, published in 1715. Nicole's Traite du calcul des différences finies was published in 1717. It is a well arranged book and contains rules both for forming differences and for effecting the summation of given series. Besides this, in 1706 he wrote a book on roulettes, especially spherical epicycloids, and in 1729 and 1731 he published memoirs on Newton's essay on curves of the third degree. Perrin. Antoine Perrin, born at Paris on September 16, 1666, and died there on September 26, 1716, wrote in 1700 on analytical geometry of three dimensions. His works were collected and published in three volumes at Paris in 1713. Sarin. Joseph Sarin, born at Cortezan in 1659, and died at Paris, on december twenty ninth seventeen thirty seven was the first to shew how the tangents at the multiple points of curves could be determined by analysis de Goy. jean-paul de Goy de Malves was born at carcassonne in seventeen thirteen and died at paris on june second seventeen eighty five he published in seventeen forty a work on analytical geometry in which he applied it, without the aid of the differential calculus, to find the tangents, asymptotes, and various singular points of an algebraical curve, and he further shewed how singular points and isolated loops were affected by conical projection. He gave the proof of Descartes' rule of signs, which is to be found in most modern works. It is not clear whether Descartes ever proved it strictly, and Newton seems to have regarded it as obvious kramer Gabriel kramer born at geneva in seventeen o four and died at Bagnols in seventeen fifty two was professor at geneva the work by which he is best known is his treatise on algebraical curves published in seventeen fifty which as far as it goes is fairly complete it contains the earliest demonstration that a curve of the nth degree is in general determined if One half n times n plus three points on it to be given. This work is still sometimes read. Besides this, he edited the works of the two elder Bernoulli's and wrote on the physical cause of the spheroidal shapes of the planets and the motion of their apses, seventeen thirty, and on Newton's treatment of cubic curves, seventeen forty six. Riccati, Jacopo Francesco, count Riccati born at venice on may 28, sixteen seventy six and died at treves on april 15, fifty four did a great deal to disseminate a knowledge of the newtonian philosophy in italy besides the equation known by his name certain cases of which he succeeded in integrating he discussed the question of the possibility of lowering the order of a given differential equation his works were published at Treves in four volumes in 1758. He had two sons who wrote on several minor points connected with the integral calculus and differential equations and applied the calculus to several mechanical questions. These were Vincenzo, who was born in 1707 and died in 1775, and Giordano, who was born in 1709 and died in 1790. Fagnano giulio carlo count fagnano and marquise de Toshi, born at senegaglia on december sixth sixteen eighty two and died on september twenty sixth seventeen sixty six may be said to have been the first writer who directed attention to the theory of elliptic functions failing to rectify the ellipse or hyperbola fagnano attempted to determine arcs whose difference should be rectifiable He also pointed out the remarkable analogy existing between the integrals which represent the arc of a circle and the arc of a lemniscate. Finally, he proved the formula pi equals 2 times i times the log of 1 minus i divided by 1 plus i, where i stands for the square root of minus 1. His works were collected and published in two volumes in Percero in 1750 it was inevitable that some mathematicians should object to methods of analysis founded on the infinitesimal calculus the most prominent of these were viviani de la hire and Rolle. chronologically they come here but they flourished half a century after the date to which their writings properly belong viviani vincenzo viviani a pupil of galileo and torricelli born at Florence on April 5, 1622, and died there on September 22, 1703, brought out in 1659 a restoration of the lost book of Apollonius on conic sections, and in 1701 a restoration of the work of Aristius. He explained in 1677 how an angle could be trisected by the aid of an equilateral hyperbola or the conchoid in sixteen ninety two he proposed the problem to construct four windows in a hemispherical vault so that the remainder of the surface can be accurately determined a celebrated problem of which analytical solutions were given by wallace leibnitz david gregory and james Bernoulli. Delahir. Philippe Delahir, or Lahir, born in Paris, on March 18, 1640, and died there on April 21, 1719, wrote on graphical methods, 1673, on the conic sections, 1685, a treatise on epicycloids, 1694, one on roulettes, 1702, and lastly another on conchoids, 1708. His works on conic sections and epicycloids were founded on the teaching of Derogues, whose favorite pupil he was. He also translated the essay of Mascopoulos on magic squares, and collected many of the theorems on them which were previously known. This was published in 1705. Roll. Michel Rolle, born at Amber on April 21, 1652, and died in Paris on November 8, 1719, wrote an algebra in 1689, which contains the theorem on the position of roots of an equation which is known by his name. He published in 1696 a treatise on the solution of equations, whether determinate or indeterminate, and he produced several other minor works he taught that differential calculus was nothing but a collection of ingenious fallacies so far no one of the school of Leibniz and the two elder Bernoullis had shewn any exceptional ability but by the action of a number of second-rate writers the methods and language of analytical geometry and the differential calculus had become well known by about seventeen forty the close of this school is marked by the appearance of Clairo, d'Alembert and daniel bernoulli their lives overlap the period considered in the next chapter but though it is difficult to draw a sharp dividing line which shall separate by a definite date the mathematicians there considered from those whose writings are discussed in this chapter i think that on the whole the works of these three writers are best treated here Clairot. Alexis Claude Clairaut was born at Paris on may thirteenth seventeen thirteen 1713, and died there on may seventeenth seventeen sixty five. He belongs to the small group of children who, though of exceptional precocity, survive and maintain their powers when grown up. As early as the age of twelve, he wrote a memoir on four geometrical curves but his first important work was a treatise on tortuous curves published when he was eighteen a work which first procured for him immediate admission to the french academy in seventeen thirty one he gave a demonstration of the fact noted by newton that all curves of the third order were projections of one of five parabolas in seventeen forty one Clairaut went on a scientific expedition to measure the length of a meridian degree on the earth's surface and on his return in 1743 he published Théorie de la figure de la Terre. This is founded on a paper by Maclaurin where it has been shown that a mass of homogeneous fluid set in rotation about a line through its center of mass would under the mutual attraction of its particles take the form of a spheroid this work of clero treated the, of heterogeneous spheroids and contains the proof of his formula for the accelerating effect of gravity in a place of latitude l namely g equals big g multiplied by one plus five halves m minus epsilon multiplied by sine squared l where g is the value of equatorial gravity m the ratio of the centrifugal force to gravity at the equator, and epsilon the epilicity of a meridian section of the earth in eighteen forty nine Professor Stokes showed that the same result was true, whatever was the interior construction or density of the earth, provided the surface was a spheroid of equilibrium of small ellipticity. Impressed by the power of geometry as shown in the writings of Newton and Maclaurin, Clairaut abandoned analysis, and his next work, The Theorie de la Lune, published in seventeen fifty two, is strictly Newtonian in character. This contains the explanation of the motion of the apse, which had previously puzzled astronomers. And which Clairaut had at first deemed so inexplicable that he was on the point of publishing a new hypothesis as to the law of attraction when it occurred to him to carry the approximation to the third order, and he thereupon found that the result was in accordance with observations. This was followed in seventeen fifty four by some lunar tables. Clairaut subsequently wrote various papers on the orbit of the moon. And on the motion of the comets as affected by the perturbation of the planets, particularly on the path of Halley's comet. His growing popularity in society hindered his scientific work. Engagé, says bossu a desseper, a devier entrainé par un goût vif pour les femmes, voulant aller plaisir à ses travaux ordinaires. A La Sante Enfant Village de deux ans. d'Alembert, Jean de Ron d'alembert was born at Paris on november sixteenth, seventeen seventeen, and died there on october twenty ninth, seventeen thirteen. He was the illegitimate child of the Chevalier d'Estouche. Being abandoned by his mother on the steps of the little church of Saint Jean which then nestled under the great porch of notre dame he was taken to the parish commissary who following the usual practice in such cases gave him the christian name of jean i do not know by what title he subsequently assumed the right to prefix de to his name he was boarded out by the parish with the wife of a glazier in a small way of business who lived near the cathedral and here he seems to have found a real home though a very humble one his father appears to have looked after him and paid for his going to a school where he obtained a fair mathematical education an essay written in seventeen thirty eight on the integral calculus and another in seventeen forty on ducks and drakes or ricochets attracted some attention and in the same year he was elected a member of the french academy this was probably due to the influence of his father it is to his credit that he absolutely refused to leave his adopted mother with whom he continued to live until her death in seventeen fifty seven it cannot be said that she sympathized with his success for at the height of his fame she remonstrated with him for wasting his talents on such work vous ne serez jamais philosophe said she et qu'est-ce qu'un philosophe c'est un fou qui se tourmente pendant sa vie qu'on parle de lui lorsqu'il ne sera plus nearly all his mathematical works were produced within the years seventeen forty three to seventeen fifty four the first of these was his traite de dynamique published in 1743, in which he enunciates the principle known by his name, namely, that the internal forces of inertia, i.e. the forces which resist acceleration, must be equal and opposite to the forces which produce the acceleration. This is a particular case of Newton's second reading of his third law of motion, but the full consequence of it had not been realized previously. The application of this principle enables us to obtain the differential equations of motion of any rigid system. In 1744, d'Alembert published his Traité d'équilibre et du mouvement des fluides, in which he applies his principle to fluids. This led to partial differential equations which he was then unable to solve. In 1745, he developed that part of the subjects which dealt with the motion of air in his Théorie Générale des Vins, and this again led him to partial differential equations. A second edition of this in 1746 was dedicated to Frederick the Great of Prussia, and procured an invitation to Berlin and the offer of a pension he declined the former, but subsequently, after some pressing, pocketed his pride and the latter. In 1747, he applied the differential calculus to the problem of a vibrating string, and again arrived at a partial differential equation. His analysis had three times brought him to an equation of the form the second derivative of u with respect to t equals the second derivative of u with respect to x and he now succeeded in showing that it was satisfied by u equals phi of x plus t plus psi of x minus t where phi and psi are arbitrary functions it may be interesting to give his solution which was published in the transactions of the berlin academy for seventeen forty seven he begins by saying that if the partial derivative of u with respect to x be denoted by p and the partial derivative of u with respect to t by q, then du equals p dx plus q dt. But by the given equation, the partial derivative of q with respect to t equals the partial derivative of p with respect to x, and therefore p dt plus q dx is also an exact differential denoted by dv. Therefore dv equals p dt plus q dx. Hence, du plus dv equals p dx plus q dt plus p dt plus q dx equals p plus q multiplied by dx plus dt. And du minus dv equals p dx plus q dt minus the quantity p dt plus q dx equals the quantity p minus q multiplied by the quantity dx minus dt. Thus u plus v must be a function of x plus t, and u minus v must be a function of x minus t. We may therefore put u plus v equals 2 times phi of x plus t, and u minus v equals 2 psi of x minus t. Hence, u equals phi of x plus t plus psi of x minus t. D'Alembert added that the conditions of the physical problem of a vibrating string demand that when x equals 0, u should vanish for all values of t. Hence, identically, phi of t plus psi of negative t equals 0. Assuming that both functions can be expanded in integral powers of t, this requires that they should contain only odd powers. Hence, Psi of negative t equals negative phi of t equals phi of negative t. Therefore, u equals phi of x plus t plus phi of x minus t. Euler now took the matter up and shewed that the equation of the form of the string was the second derivative of u with respect to t equals a squared multiplied by the second derivative of u with respect to x, and that the general integral was u, Equals phi of x minus a t plus psi of x plus a t, where phi and psi are arbitrary functions. The chief remaining contributions of D'Alembert to mathematics were on physical astronomy, especially on the precession of the equinoxes and on variations of the obliquity of the ecliptic. These were collected on his Systeme des Mondes published in three volumes in 1754. During the latter part of his life, he was mainly occupied with the great French encyclopedia. For this he wrote the introduction, and numerous philosophical and mathematical articles, the best are those on geometry and on probabilities. His style is brilliant but not polished, and faithfully reflects his character which was bold, honest, and frank he defended a severe criticism which he had offered on some mediocre work by the remark j'ai musette in civil connuyer and with his dislike of sycophants and bores, it is not surprising that during his life he had more enemies than friends end of section twenty eight recording by paul king oakville ontario pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj